0: Okay. all right we want to pray for all these i believe in god's ability to heal i know y'all do too right so we're going to pray that god will do some healing especially for miss joyce and for all of us all who have that need of healing so let's pray together Our Father, we want to pray for those on our prayer list and those that have been mentioned tonight. We pray that you'll bless each one and be with each one in a very special way. We thank you for the wonderful privilege of prayer, which enables us to come before you, the the God of the universe, the God of creation, the God of the Bible, to come before you to be received by you because of Christ and who he is and what he's done in our life, and to pray for one another. And tonight. We want to pray. We want to pray for your healing hand to be with those who are in need. We pray for wisdom to be given to doctors and nurses to help, Lord, to understand what you have enabled men to do to be able to help those who are in need. We pray for healing, Lord. We know all healing comes from you. And we pray that your healing hand will be with all those who are in need tonight. And for different needs, Father. Encouragement, wisdom, guidance, direction, leadership in life. Just for all the, all the needs that we have, Father. We love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your mercy and your love. We thank you for your, your saving grace and your saving goodness. And how you work in our life. We thank you for who you are and all that you do for us. And continue to bless us now is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, tonight. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's pray for Agnes. Miss Agnes is a little under the weather. Um, so let's pray for her. All right, tonight we're in Ephesians chapter 3. And we'll begin reading in verse 14. Cha- uh, Ephesians 3, chapter 3. Starting in verse 14. I was talking with the Brother Jack before our service. And, yeah, I have, I don't know how many sermons and studies are on. It's a website that was given to me. It hadn't gotten the shortest name in the world, truthsforlifewithchrishall.com. But, yeah, all of our Revelation studies, Wednesday night studies, our Sunday morning services, our sermons are all there. If you ever, you know, can't get to sleep and you need some sleep aid, just flip there, you know, and that will help you out. I remember in one church, I believe it was at Midway in Baxley, where we ran a, a TV feed into the nursery. You know, so that, you know, the, the nursery workers keeping the nursery could see what was going on in the sanctuary. And uh, one of the nursery workers told me that since they, since they ran that feed down there, the babies have never slept better. I said, okay, so, uh, but, you know, it, it's there, and it was, uh, it's, it's just the audio stuff. Now, on our Facebook page... You know, we've been trying to post our morning worship service parts of it. And uh, I listened to Roger two times today just to see if he sang it better again the next time than he did the time before. And he did. And, and uh, so Brother Chuck leading us, this, and that's good. Now, one of these days we're going to work it out where we can have the capability of doing Facebook Live with, you know, Cameron, that kind of thing. And I think Jennifer had Facebook Live Sunday, didn't you? On, on your Facebook page. So. All right, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And, you know, I don't, I don't need to remind you, but just, you know, Paul is the human author of the book of Ephesians. He was in prison in Rome, house arrest in Rome. And he was led by the Holy Spirit to write this letter To the church in Ephesus now. He's in Rome and Ephesus is way yonder over him in in Turkey. uh, Several hundred miles in between them. You know the the Romans actually developed a pretty good mail system back in in their day. But Paul, he didn't access the mail system that the Roman government had. Uh, It was individuals who would come to visit him and he would write a letter and then they would take it back. You know, if you think about how the Lord preserved the books of the Bible, it's an amazing thing. I mean, Moses out there in the desert writing the first five books of the Bible. I mean, he he could have easily, you know, dropped one and it rolled down the mountain and never to be seen again. But the Lord preserved it and then he watched over it during its transmission through the centuries and during its translations. The Bible really is. A remarkable book. Um, but Paul is writing church at Ephesus. And of course, it's, it's not just for Ephesus. You know, the Bible is a relevant book. And this book is for us today. In this portion of the book of Ephesians, Paul writes down a prayer. He's praying for the church at Ephesus. Now, Paul often would write down his prayers. I don't know if you've ever done that. I do that sometimes. I will write down My prayers. And uh, as I pray, I will write down what I'm praying about. One of the, uh, I guess, the benefits of that is it helps you to concentrate, (laughs) you know, as you pray. Because the human mind, as we pray, tends to wonder, you know. We tend to maybe think about this, that, and the other while we're trying to concentrate on the Lord. And so writing down your prayer kind of helps you to concentrate and focus Uh, on your prayer. Also, it's good to have a prayer record, you know, what you've been praying about, what you've been praying for. Um, And so, and remember, the the New Testament is being written. It's in the process of being written so the church at Ephesus didn't have a New Testament. And I don't know if they would have had an Old Testament. Maybe there was, you know, they didn't have printing presses back then, and all these things were hand-copied, and to copy of the old testament could be rather expensive uh to have and would be rare to have so the bible's in the process of the new testament is in the process of being written and and that's why paul felt it's so important to write these books but he also he wanted to give he wanted to help people to understand how to pray these these early christians how do you pray to god you're a christian now how are you supposed to pray and so he would often write down his prayers and here's a prayer that, that Paul writes down, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And here's what he prayed for the Ephesians. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man According to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer that Paul prayed for this church at Ephesus? Now, this is the second prayer for the Ephesians that Paul includes in his letter. And one of the values of, of, you know, studying these prayers is it helps us to learn how, learn a lot about prayer. You know, we're all. I love prayer. Prayer is something everybody can do. You don't have to be a singer to pray. You don't have to be a preacher to pray. You don't have to be rich to pray. You don't have to be poor to pray. Anybody can pray. Prayer is a wonderful privilege given to all God's people. And it's important. The Bible stresses the importance of prayer in the Christian life. And so I want us to just look at this prayer and maybe learn some things from Paul about how to improve our prayer life. I've been praying ever since I've been saved. I still don't know how to pray. (laughs) You know, the disciples came to Jesus one time and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that's still my prayer. Lord, help me to understand. Help me to be a better person of prayer. So first of all, from this, I want us to see the posture of prayer. Here's what Paul said, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ. Now, in the bible there are different postures for prayer. What does that mean? Well, first of all, 1 second samuel 7:18, David sat before the lord and he prayed. That was his posture. He sat before the lord. In genesis 18:22, Abraham stood before the lord and prayed. Ezra 10:1 says that Ezra lay on the ground. Before the Lord in prayer. 1 Timothy 2.8 speaks of believers lifting their hands in prayer. I was in a Baptist church one time. Baptists are so funny. I was in a Baptist church one time and the preacher said, if you raise your hand in this church, you better be asking a question. (laughs) You know, some Christians raise their hands. Now don't get offended when they do that. Jews did that. And here's how they raised their hands. They did it like this. And the reason why they did it like this was they're going to offer to God their praise and they're going to receive from God blessings. There's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that at all. And so don't get the heebie-jeebies if somebody happens to raise their hands. It's all right. If the Holy Spirit lays that on their heart, it's not like they're killing somebody, right? (laughs) I mean, it's okay. It's okay. John 17, 1 says that the Lord Jesus Himself looked up as He prayed. In Luke 18, 3, the repentant publican pounded his chest as he prayed. So what is the proper posture for prayer? I tell you, I pray a lot of times while I'm driving. Now, don't close my eyes. Don't close your eyes if you're going to pray while you're driving. Okay, But, you know, all that stuff on the radio, a lot of times I just pray while I'm driving. I find that a good thing to do, especially if you're driving in Atlanta. Atlanta will certainly improve your prayer life, you know, uh, greatly. But you know, but what is the proper posture for prayer? Well, here the Apostle Paul said that he knelt on his knees as he prayed to the Lord. Now, there are times when I will kneel on my knees. I don't make a show of it or anything like that. I do it in private, in my prayer closet, in my study. Um... Uh, I tell you, the older I get, the harder that is to do, though, right? It's easy to get down, but it's a struggle to get back up, you know. But whether you're bowing, standing, sitting, or lying down, the important thing is about the posture of prayer is this, that when you pray, your heart needs to be bowed in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever your physical posture is, your heart because needs to be bowed. A prayer is a humbling experience. We are servants, we are slaves coming before the God of the universe. We are his children, he's our heavenly father. I ran across this one time, the prayer of Cyrus Brown. Let me read you this little, this little thing that somebody wrote one time. It's a discussion among these different people about the proper posture for prayer. The proper way for a man to pray, said Deacon Lemuel Keyes, and the only proper attitude is down on your knees. No, I should say the way to pray, said Reverend Dr. Wise, "is standing straight with outstretched arms, with rapt and upturned eyes. "'Oh, no, 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 no,' said Elder Slow. "'Such posture is too proud. "'A man should pray with eyes fast closed "'and head contritely bowed. "'Well, it seems to me his hand should be "'austerely clasped in front "'with both thumbs pointing toward the ground,' "'said Reverend Dr. Blunt. "'Well,' another said, "'Well,' Last year I fell in Hodgens well, head first, said Cyrus Brown, with both my heels a sticking up and my head a pointing down. And I made a prayer right then and there, the best prayer I ever said. The prayingest prayer I ever prayed was while I was standing on my head. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh man. so whatever your posture is, physical posture. You know, the the prayers are we are to humble ourselves before the Lord. Our hearts are to be humbled. True prayer is characterized by an attitude of humility before God. Now, probably Paul's favorite way of of his posture of prayer was kneeling, and I think there are two reasons why that was true. And like I say, you know, there there are times when I just you know, before the Lord, I, I feel like I want to kneel you know, as I pray. That doesn't make me more holy than anybody else or anything like that. It's just, you know, I have that on my heart. Uh, One of the reasons why I think Paul knelt while he prayed is that bowing demonstrates adoration. When a man bows on his knees and proposes to a girl, he's saying to her, I love you and I adore you so much that I am willing to bow on my knees to propose to you. And one of the reasons why Paul got on his knees when he prayed is because he wanted to show adoration to his Lord. And, you know, you don't have to bow to do that, but it's a good thing to ask sometimes, when was the last time you really went before the Lord and told the Lord how much you loved Him? You know, prayer... You know, we seek things from the Lord. But, you know, sometimes we just need to tell the Lord how much we love Him. How much He's done for us. How good He is to us. Just to adore Him. Another reason why I think Paul probably bowed when he, when he, on his knees when he prayed is bowing demonstrates submission. By this time, there was a law. Once a year, the Romans demanded that every Roman citizen... Come to a, a square or some public place and bow before the image of Caesar and declare him their Lord. Once a year, by this time in the Roman Empire, every Roman citizen and every person who lived in, you know, in the Roman Empire was required to come and bow before an image of Caesar and declare that Kaiser is Curios. Caesar is Lord. Now, the first emperor who demanded that, of course, you know, he enjoyed being worshipped as a god. But he, he looked at his empire and so spread out you know, all across the world. He said, we need to have one unifying thing that holds all of our, our empire together. And so he said, once a year, we'll, ask, we'll tell everybody they have to come and bow before my image to declare. That I am the Lord over their life. Well, faithful Christians would not do that. That's why they were persecuted. And a faithful Christian would tell the Roman magistrates, listen, I will pray for Caesar. I will pay my taxes. I will be a lawful citizen. I will be a productive citizen. I will be a good citizen of the Roman Empire. But I will not bow before an image of Caesar to declare that he's the Lord of my life because he is not. Christos is my kurios. Christ is my Lord. And so I think that one of the reasons why Paul bowed when he prayed on his knees was that it was a recognition of the authority of Christ over his life. You know, he was saying, Jesus, you're in charge of my life. And, you know, we have kneeling benches. You know, some churches have kneeling benches and things like that. Now, physically, sometimes you can't do that. You know, you just can't. And I, you know, you can't. And I can't do it like I used to do it. You know, because my knees start saying, hey, dude, what's up? You know, what are we doing here? You know, Um, but every now and then, you know, it's just good to bow before the Lord. For just a minute or two, maybe, and to worship him. So that's the posture of prayer. Second of all, I want you to look at the petition of this prayer. You know, what did Paul pray for these Christians? It's a beautiful thing. First of all, Paul prayed that the Ephesians would grow spiritually strong. How do you pray for your church? How do you pray for Mercedes Baptist Church? You know, think about how you pray for your church. Listen to how Paul prayed for this church. He prayed, first of all, that the Ephesians would grow spiritually strong. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you, according to his riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now, we pray a lot for the outer man, the physical man. And that we're supposed to, and we should, you know. But here Paul is praying That the Ephesians would not necessarily be strong physically, but be strong spiritually. The inner man is the spiritual man. He prayed that they would grow spiritually strong. He prayed that they would grow strong in their walk with the Lord. In their devotion and in their faith. In their love for God. In their love for their fellow man in commitment and in service. He said, I want you to be strong spiritually. You know, the, the outer man is not decaying. We ain't dead yet. But, you know, it's deteriorating. It's, I'm not near as pretty as I used to be, you know. we just, the outer man, that's the way it is. But even while the outer man may be declining, the inner man should be ever growing stronger. Right? And so Paul prayed for them that they would be spiritually strong. Now, how do you grow in your inner man? How do you grow spiritually? Well, there's, there's you know, the, the disciplines of the Christian life. Prayer and worship. Reading the Word of God. Being involved with other Christians. Christian fellowship. Be strong. Here's, the, here's your goal. You should be a better Christian next year at this time than you are today. You know, the politicians will ask, are you better off today than you were two years ago? You know, <laughs> you know, in their debates. Well, we need to ask ourselves, am I a better Christian today than I was a year ago? Am I growing in the Lord? Am I becoming stronger? See, a lot of Christians get to a point and they begin to just kind of slide, you know. They, they plateau in their Christian life. They just they get here. and then Now, if you ain't going forward, you're going backwards. Spiritually, So we should ever be growing in our inner man, ever growing, ever learning, ever growing in our faith, ever growing in our love for God, ever growing. Second of all, Paul prayed that the lordship of Christ would be a reality, a greater reality in their life. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The Lord saves us when we surrender our life to His Lordship. And see, so when you get saved, that's not the end of what God's going to do in your life. That's just the beginning. Your salvation is secure and, and God saves you, but He who began a good work in you ain't going to quit till He accomplishes what He wants to accomplish in your life. Our salvation is just the beginning of what God does in our life. Now, that beginning wonderful. But it's not the end of what God wants to do in us. From that moment that we are saved, God begins to work in us. To help us to grow. It's called sanctification. Being saved is justification. Growing in the Lord after you're saved is sanctification. Going to heaven to be perfect is glorification. Got it? sanctification or justification sanctification glorification it is true we have been saved we are being saved and we will be saved and so sanctification when the lord begins that work but here's the thing it's not just up to the lord to do that work it's up to us as well paul prayed that that they would that that they would Work so that Christ may dwell in their hearts completely. In other words, he prayed that, uh, that more and more the Ephesian Christians would be surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every part of their life. You know, the, the Christian life, the Christian life requires discipline. We're saved in a moment, but we become disciples through a lifetime of walking with the Lord. We, we need to have goals in our Christian life. We need to have a, a commitment in our Christian life. I'm not satisfied with where I am in my walk with the Lord. I've been a preacher for whatever. What is it? 46 years, something like that. For a long time. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. Here's what I found out. And I've told you this before about the Bible. The more I, more I learn about the Bible, the more I realize how little I know about the Bible. And that's true. So I want to keep growing. You know? And, and so Paul, that's what Paul prays. He says, I want your inner man to be strong. And I want the Lordship of Christ to become a reality in all of the areas of your life. I want you to be consumed by Christ in every area of your life. Third, he prayed that the Ephesians would realize... Just how much Jesus loved them. Verses 17 through 19. That you being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width. The length. Depth. And height. To know the love of Christ. Which passes knowledge. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Do you know that Jesus loves you? Jesus loves us. And Paul said, I want, I want you to understand just how much Jesus loves you because you wouldn't realize how much you are loved. Your love for Him will grow. Your commitment to Him will grow. God's love is wide enough to embrace the whole world. It is long enough to last for eternity. It is high enough to take us to heaven. And it is deep enough to reach the worst center. Ha! That, that's the love of God. That's the love of God. God loves us unconditionally. He loves us sacrificially. He loves us stubbornly. God will never stop loving us. We will never be able to fully understand why God loves us like He does. But His is a love that surpasses our knowledge. But hallelujah, it's real. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Uh, Paul could have said, well... I pray that you're all healthy. I pray that you got all the food you need. I pray that, you know, you got your home. And those things are important to pray for, yes. But listen to how he prayed for them. You know, he he wanted them to grow spiritually strong. He wanted the Lordship of Christ to be a reality in all of their life. And he wanted them to understand just how much Jesus loved them. We love him because he first loved us. Right? Now, Paul closes his prayer with praise. Verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in him, uh, works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He closes his prayer with praise. A beautiful doxology of praise. Prayer is not just about petitions. It's also about praising God and worshiping God and honoring God. You know, we are a little reserved sometimes when it comes to spiritual things. Now, we'll talk all day long about how those stupid Braves lost that game yesterday. How in the world are they losing to the Phillies? Are you kidding me? You know, and we can converse about that and we'll do it with passion. But when it comes to spiritual things, oh, you know, we're a little reserved. But you know, there are times we just need to praise the Lord. Amen? Just praise the Lord. Praise and prayer is important. Praise takes our attention off of ourselves and lifts it toward God. Listen, when you've got stuff going on in your life, praise the Lord. Draw, prayer helps you to draw near to God. Praise changes our perspectives on our circumstances. When we choose to praise God, we are reminded of the fact that God is in control. I praise the God who is in control of my life. You know, Praise releases a divine power that strengthens our spirit. Praise silences the devil who continually works to undermine our faith in God. Some years ago, Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote a song. It was sung by them, but also by the Imperials. Remember the Imperials, Brother Chuck? The Imperials. I don't know if they still around or not. But it was one of the first Christian songs that after I was saved that, that I heard and really, really you know, understood and loved. And it's simple name, Praise the Lord. Listen to the lyrics. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes, And you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fear. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. He will work through those who praise Him. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord. For the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerlessly behind you when you praise Him. Satan is a liar. And he wants to make us think that we are paupers when he knows himself that we're children of the King. So lift up the mighty shield of faith, for the battle must be won. We know that Jesus Christ has risen and the work is already done. Praise the Lord! He will work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord, for our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord, for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. Praise the Lord. And so Paul closes his prayer with praise. So, what can we learn about prayer from this passage? We can learn a lot. You know, when we come before the Lord, we humble ourselves. You know, Dr. Adrian Rogers used to talk about. Sometimes when he prayed, he would, he would come before the Lord and say, he would say, Lord, private Adrian Rogers reporting for duty. <laughs> That's, he's, he's God. He's the general. He's the Lord. You know, so we humble ourselves before him. And there are a lot of good patterns for prayer. And it's important we pray for the outer man and the outer things and the earthly things. But it's also important that we pray for the spiritual things. The inner strength to grow in the Lord. That the the Lordship of Christ will rule in every part of our life. And and we need to praise the Lord and to honor Him when we pray. We can learn a lot from studying these prayers. Amen. Ain't God good? Y'all are such a good looking congregation tonight. You know? You are. I would give you an award if I had one for being the best looking congregation I've ever seen in my whole life. Well, we'll that okay. I, I hadn't seen that Mercedes yet, you know. Brother Ralph talked about that Mercedes Sunday. So. And, you know, when I came to Mercedes, I had a friend say, You going to Mercedes Baptist Church? Are they going to give you a Mercedes? He's a nut. He's a retired nut. And worse yet, he's an Alabama football fan. So So I cut him a lot of slack. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for teaching us how to pray. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Even the prayers we mess up. Even the prayers we don't get right. You still are gracious. And you hear our prayers. We love you, Lord. We do love you. And we thank you for loving us. Now go with us. We live in a dark world. Help us to make a difference for you, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. See you Sunday.